0: Day, January tenth. Uh, I guess it was around this time last year where I started interacting with a uh, very cool person on Twitter. Could have been even longer ago than that. Then we finally got to meet in May, and uh, she is now uh, like a head of state, or at least uh, of a school board. Uh, my friend, somebody else that I supervise with, Sheena Mards, will be along shortly. We'll chat. She's going to be. Uh, Uh, On our weekly public affairs show that I host here for Cumulus, Sunday mornings across all the stations, that's called Contact, so you know the deal by now, the first 20 minutes are um, pretty straight and narrow. And then we'll open it up uh, a little bit. Before we get to Sheena, forgot to mention this, Um, it was during the break, I think I took my, might have gone downstairs in the middle of the night to get a, a late night snack, and I'm usually pretty good with this. I've been, I haven't been—I have lost anything in now no, seven months. Long story short, I misplaced my bottom retainer. And um, they gave me extras because they said, you'll probably lose them or break them or whatever. And I didn't put them in because it's only been, I don't know, 10 days or so. But they I, I went back to a previous tray. I don't know if that was good or bad, but I wasn't going to wait too long to, to go to the next retainer. So fast forward to Sunday. This is at least... 10, 12, maybe 14 days later. Um, I wake up and I feel something at the edge of my bed. And I knew exactly what it was as soon as I touched it. Because I've i been touching these things for seven months. It was my bottom retainer at the edge of my bed. Now, there's a there's a lot of questions that you are very right to throw at me and ask and raise an eyebrow. Some of which I, I, I raise both of my own eyebrows. Um, Usually when I get up in the morning, uh, trays or retainers, whatever they are, I take them out, put them on a little table. I have across from my bed at the foot of my bed, a couple feet away from the foot of my bed. Then I go in, I brush my teeth, um, get dressed, grab both my retainers, usually stick them in my mouth like Steph Curry mouth guard style, take them downstairs, and then I put them on the counter, let the dogs out, come back inside, grab my gym bag, put my retainers back in my mouth, go in the car, put them in the container, in the holder, like it's a, like a little circular container. I go up my coffee. When I'm done with my coffee, I put them back in my mouth for the duration of the morning until I eat something. How this retainer got to the edge of my bed, I have no idea. And again, the questions you can ask are numerous. Um, one, one positive would be, wow, they really are invisible because you didn't see it. For, and I... I as little as 10 days, as much as two weeks, I did not see them. Invisalign is true. The next question uh, I kind of asked myself was, why did the dogs do anything with it? Because I've had Andre come for the, the trays before because they're in my mouth. There's food there. He, he tried to eat one of my trays in the past. I don't know. Maybe he didn't see it, but he could have smelled it, right? So why did the dogs get one of it? Um, I'm not a super restless sleeper and we've got a big bed. It's a king size bed. It's me and 50 pounds a dog. There's a lot of space, but with all the rustling and, and whatnot, and I spent a lot of time in bed during the break, how, how it, it seemingly just sat there. The other thing you can ask is, well, there's two things you can ask. Eric, tell me about the covers uh, if you didn't know this about me, so I ha- I sleep on my comforter. I have, I think my mom used to call it like a, it's a, a Velux blanket. Is, is that right? It's thin, but it's warm in the wintertime. It's cool in the summertime. It is good year round. Uh, there it, There's rarely a time where I am, I'm cold and need other blankets. Sometimes I'll just be wearing more clothing. But I, I sleep on my comforter with that blanket on me. Okay, Eric, that's a little bit weird, but you said like 10 or 14 days. Yeah. How often do you change your betting? Let's not go there. But, but, but I thought that I did watch this stuff within that time frame. It, it's like this thing went to another dimension. It's like it went to the quantum realm and came back. And now it's in my mouth. A lot of words are gonna come out of my mouth. Um, She's a great person, a great human being, uh, has somehow enough time or has stretched the hours in the day to be um, an immaculate part of the TPS school board, a mom, and she also has a regular job. Let's talk to Sheena Barnes. We have had a lot of important people come in this studio and and visit. We have had people from other countries, other planets. We have had uh, food truck people. This is the first time we've ever had a, like a head of state, or at least the, we've never had a president before. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, people of all colors, shapes, and sizes, is this your first interview, like media interview since you've as become-
1: a, As a president, yes.
0: Pre- let me present to you the president of TPS School Board, Machina Barnes.
1: Woo! <laughs> I am excited to be here, Eric. Let's go.
0: Uh mind you, so Sheena and I have known each other for like well over a year now on, on on Twitter, and then we had our first meeting at at coffee the day I got COVID and went off to the NAMI walk and that was in May. I've gotta put some 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 guardrails in place yes. here. We have to keep our, our Twitter snark to a minimum okay. for at least part of this, okay? So you're
1: saying we have to be good.
0: Mostly. Mostly okay. good. Okay. Mostly good. If we get if we get off the rails, I'll pull us back. Okay. Awesome. Um what does the president of the TPS school board do?
1: Uh, pretty much the same thing as a regular school board. Um, they're involved in more conversations regarding the district, but overall, what the board members brings to the table is what they do. Just a more enhanced level of visible, you know, visible. That's it.
0: How many people are on the school board currently? Five. Five. How long were you on the school board before being uh, bumped up to president?
1: Um, This is now going into my final year. I'm up for re-election and I'm gearing up for that. Um, So it's a four-year term. So we have rotations. So... um, you do the good work. You hopefully get the votes and blessings of your fellow board members, and then you become president eventually. So sounds yeah. very
0: sounds very political. Do you need any uh, any candy and any twenty dollar handshakes?
1: Well, I love candy, but that, you know I don't do bribes. So Man, not
0: yet, not yet, <laughs> never. Uh, what initially got you in into being involved with the school board? You have two kids in the school system. I have
1: three. Um, my oldest graduated in two thousand eighteen from Bowser High School, and I have uh, a fifth. 15-year-old at Jones Leadership Academy, your business, and then I have a 9-year-old at Glendale Philbach. Uh, Honestly, I was frustrated as a parent. I didn't understand uh, just the gaps that I was seeing as a community advocate that works with youth. You know, uh, I'm a special needs mom as well, and just seeing the trauma of gun violence and how it impacts retention and education and, and, and course, behaviors wasn't getting addressed on a macro level. Um, and as someone who works with our youth that deals with you know these situations, I was like, somebody needs to talk about that and advocate for that. And I I was looking around for somebody and somebody said, why don't you do it? And I was like, ha, yeah, right. Um, and I guess here I am.
0: <laughs> so this is four or five years ago, maybe even a little bit longer than that before the gun violence issue really exploded. Um, tell me your thoughts on, your perspective from where it was mm-hmm. to where it is now, where it's unfortunately news all the time.
1: Um, the thing about it, uh, as someone, you know, born and raised in Flint, Michigan, which was the number one ho- homicide city under 100,000 population, gun violence has been a part of my life for a long time. So the trauma has always been relevant to me. I think the thing now that we're seeing is it is now impacting other communities. Yeah. And that's why we're seeing it more. That's why we're hearing it about it more. Uh, a lot of communities in high poverty uh, communities of color have already been sounding alarm about you know the increasing of gun violence. And I think for the first time, uh, with the mass shootings and uh, school shootings, now it becomes everyone's problem. Yeah. So I don't think it it's an increase in a difference. It's more of an increase of uh, affecting. Communities.
0: What are your kids like? Tell me about your kids. Oh my I mean, gosh! Wait, uh, Jones Leadership. Then not a regular TPS school, like a
1: yeah. So it's an academy that focuses on business. It's amazing. Got it. um, the youth that graduate from there, they are they can have certifications. They have internship offers. Uh, well,
0: hold, let me hold you right there. Ooh. We'll come back to that because ah. one of the things I love about TPS is the the specialty schools that they offer. Yes. Your your kids that are they're that in TPS now. What's their feeling? Like what is it like for them to go to school knowing? that gun violence hangs over their head. It's, it's mm-hmm. different from Springfield or Sylvania. It's, it's more ever-present.
1: Yes. Um, so my 15-year-old, unfortunately, lost a, a classmate. Um, so for the first time, it directly impacted him, and we navigated through that trauma. Um, and it's a hard space to live in when you are trying to focus on being successful and thriving but don't know if you're next. And that's what a lot of kids are facing um, yeah. and thinking about as they go to school, as they are learning, um, uh, besides having a safe space to call home and things of having food. But also, am I going to be a victim of gun violence? And and that's one of the important reasons why I joined uh, to be the liaison for Students Demands Action, which is our youth chapter here that advocates and fight uh, against gun violence. Paint
0: a picture for me as grim as as it could mm. be for a kid in TPS because I know is what a very large percentage you give me the exact number if you know it, it lives in poverty mm-hmm. um and, and then just go from there paint me the picture of a kid in TPS
1: um As I advocate, I try to focus on the most marginalized kid. And you're thinking about uh, someone who's experiencing homelessness, um, whether that's couch surfing or staying in a shelter. We have more kids really uh, couch surfing, um, don't know if they have food, uh, maybe experiencing abuse. And then on top of of that, you have uh, gun violence, you have uh, maybe substance abuse in the home or around them. Um, So day-to-day, everything changes for them nothing's normal but trauma
0: and oh yeah by the way get your homework in on time
1: yes and get your homework in on time you know make sure you stay in awake in class even though you may not have nowhere to sleep and been up since three o'clock in the morning um or being woken up by gun violence yeah um so yeah so trying to navigate all those things and still be successful in school is is some of these these kids real lives you know
0: what what percentage, and maybe that's the the darkest example,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what percentage of kids in TPS have that kind of life or something similar to it? And if you just want to, you know, estimate it by all means, yeah. I'm not going to hold you to any number.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. We don't know. No one knows um, because we don't have enough resources to even try to gather all that. Some of these kids who are experiencing homelessness or abuse, um, don't have a safe space to say this thing. So we don't know what all of our kids are experiencing, but what we can try to do is make sure we are there regardless. Um, We have someone, you know, a counselor or a principal or a teacher that they can talk to, because we honestly, and this is coming from me as a community organizer and as a school board member, um, we can't see a picture because it's not really painted 'Cause it's so difficult.
0: Yeah, I get it. Um, walk me through the the bureaucratic red tape, something <laughs> that I've always misunderstood, and this is this is like an honest question. Okay. So I know that schools get funding based on attendance grades, test scores, all that stuff. I think we we grew up in a time where it wasn't as as rigorous and, yes. and then teach the test and all that stuff. Yes. So these kids that are maybe in and out of class all the time. How does that affect funding for like TPS? If they're not there, if they're not doing well, walk me through some of that, that bureaucracy and making sure the TPS gets the funds they need.
1: Well, really being honest, like the funding is on a system of classism. Um, if you want to throw a little racism in there, it, it's also that too, because it's based on how well your community is. Um, and so, When you have an increase of poverty, gun violence, blah, 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 um, you tend not to have a lot of homeowners in that area. Um, And so, therefore, we rely on the taxes for that um, and then the funding from state, which they're trying to always cut, um, you know, whether it's because we're supporting our queer kids, whether it's supporting, you know, teaching the truth, whatever. They are trying to attack it, to diminish it, to make sure we are no longer functioning You know, the goal for some people in office, Republicans mainly, is to privatize schools so they can teach whatever they want or not teach whatever they want. Um, So it ties into that. And if we have kids who are always transient, you know, moving from school to school, can't catch up, can't graduate uh, because of their trauma or their environmental challenges, then it looks bad. And we, quote unquote, get called a failing school district. Um, when that's not truly the case. When
0: there's a, when it's a failing school district, and I've seen those letter grades mm-hmm. in years past before, and then thankfully the stories that I've read, the mostly here like local media and whatnot, have said, well, hold on, hold on a second. There's this, this, and this, and we'll get to some of the good things yes. Dr. Duran, I think he's doing. But when the school is failing or whatnot, does that mean less funding from uh, local and state governments,
1: um, not necessarily less funding in the direct way. It's more of less attendings. So as we lose kids, then therefore we don't qualify for certain thresholds. Um, and you and I can definitely speak to that because when I started running in 2019, roughly our student body was roughly around 26,000, 27,000, and currently we're right now at 22,000.
0: I read a stat the other day, and I think it was it, it was about New York. I forget what the the source was. But the piece went on to go, went on to say, this is urban schools in cities all over. Mm-hmm. And the, the, like a record high truancy rate, I, it was 27%, 37%. And I remember like when we were growing up as kids, truancy meant you were, you were out there eating pizza and yeah. doing things in the streets. Yeah, it's a Truancy is vastly different now, mm-hmm. much so because of the pandemic, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. That uncovered a lot of things good and bad right you know we discovered that access is needed more in urban areas and in, in uh, rural areas. Um, but also we realized that a lot of kids relied on transportation to, to attend school. Um, so that's why I'm really, uh, really happy that we have a department that focus on uh, truancy and we call them attendance champions and they go out to the homes. They go out and engage the family to see how we can keep them in school.
0: It's not necessarily like uh, Shane and Eric sitting at home playing Nintendo mm-hmm. avoiding school. Maybe they have to stay home to take care of a family member, or maybe right. they have to go work.
1: Or if they miss the bus and they don't have transportation to get yeah. to their schools. Um, some of our kids don't live in the areas, you know, that they uh, attend the school they attend because this is the one thing that they're familiar with their school. So as a parent that also did the same thing, it's like, I'm going to send you to the school, but I was privileged to have transportation for my daughter so she can attend Bowger, even though he was in a Scott district. Um, and so, when you missed a bus therefore you can't go to school that day Mm -hmm. um so it's a lot of different layers of why our kids are not coming to school some may just be sitting at home eating pizza right playing video games but uh we uncovered during the pandemic and you know doing studies that it's a lot of different layers
0: yeah um how challenging is it to approach these problems because one thing that you just said everything is a combination of things and that's Mm -hmm. why it's so painful, so slow to solve problems. You talked about the kid that missed the bus, can't get to school. If they mm-hmm. can't get to school, we just talked about attendance being lower mm-hmm. and then funding doesn't come that way. You get overlooked a little bit. Yeah. How And obviously not colorful language, but be as emotional as you like. <laughs> how frustrating, how challenging is it to solve these problems? Especially since it's it's five people on the TPS school board? Yes. That's not a lot for 26,000 kids in the district.
1: Yeah, well, we, we work with our admin staff and our, and our cabinet really well. This is... You know, we try to do a team approach. It's not us, just the board, just making all the decisions. We definitely try to uh, work with our superintendent and our superintendent assistant in the cabinet because this is a bigger problem than five people, right? Um, Although the voters entrust us to do what's best, we need a team to address these issues. Um, It is extremely frustrating, um, especially when you know some of these kids. I I still work in the community. Um, I still have babies, community babies that I I see. Um, And to know that... Mainly, they're suffering because of some type of financial, um, or some type of idea of people that lives in live in poverty, um, stigma that lives in poverty. You know, and it's just very irritating to continue to have these discussions, um, and to continue to fight sometimes when some people just don't want to see other than they are doing this because they're poor. Mm -hmm. They're doing this because they're black or brown or whatever. um, And still have that underlying bigotry in it. That's the frustrating part. When you're having these conversations, they don't see the formula that's shaped up for these children to fail.
0: Give me, um, no matter the size, a win that you're really proud of as your time on the board. And as you move into your presidency,
1: Uh, you know, it's been so many, um, I try to reflect because as soon as I got on the board three months in we had our our pandemic so that was a a whirlwind but I would say that trying to make sure we keep our teachers our staff and our students safe was major you know we were all figuring something out that no one knew uh or anything about was I think was a, a a big challenge but because we kept them somewhat in the educational mode and i'm going to be honest about that because it was a struggle for me at home (laughs) on a zoom call with two kids on zoom but uh somehow we got through it i I think that was a big success for me um personally as a mother and a school board uh, member trying to figure out how to navigate that how about something more
0: microscopic maybe if it's just like a mural at a school or something
1: um i I would think the 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 thing I still go wow about mm-hmm. if that's what you're asking. I'm in the Library of Congress. I our website was our uh, archived in the Library of Congress. So that's something that I never thought
0: it's a big deal
1: <laughs> ever in my life um, that I would even have something like that. So. That's still a little wow factor for one
0: me. One of the things that I've always been impressed by with, with TPS is the specialty offerings mm-hmm. that they have. I remember years ago at my old place, I got to do a, a remote one day at the, the aviation school. Yes. Uh, right off 475. Um, it's TPS, for where it is financially compared to suburban school districts, mm-hmm. seem to have a lot of. Um, unconventional offerings for students so they can pursue things that they they might want to do right out of high school while they're still in it. Can you talk about some of those specialty programs?
1: Uh, Dr. Durant is an innovator, you know, and I think uh, when you are, you know, you come from the area, you work in the area, you know some of the things that you were denied. And that's one thing that I applaud him on is making sure that our kids have the best even though they're in our community. I think fighting that stigma of what you can achieve because you grew up in the zip code. Um, so we have ANSTAT, like you mentioned, Aerospace um, and Natural Science Center. We have J-Lab, which is our academy for business. We have a career tech in uh, Barber. We have Construction Academy, uh, engineering, welding. Um, so we are definitely trying to make sure that our kids know that you are anything you want to be and you can achieve that here in public school.
0: And you don't have to hear what we, because we're, again, roughly the same age, hear what was always you whispered in our ear. I think you're That's older right. me. You're way older than oh. me. Um, <laughs> you know, you, if you want to be anything, you got to go to college. Yes. You got to go to college. Yes. I'm glad the TPS is so far ahead Saying, whoa, you want to go be an engineer, weld stuff, go yes. do it." is um, Isn't there... I think, I'm pretty sure it's TPS. Isn't there something with Promedica or Mercy that's yes. pretty recent we as just well? We've got
1: our med, our med school um, up and running, and it's like a straight pathway to anything in health science um, and healthcare. I call it health science, but it's healthcare. Sure. Um, and so that's really amazing. And that's one of the things that I am really happy about because I that's how I got my start into nursing, as because of Skills Trade Center that was offered by my high school in Michigan. And to see that come here and know that. The barriers it removed for me um, is awesome to offer our students. So, yeah, so we're really dig- digging in, um, looking at all opportunities that we can offer our, our kids. Um, more to come. Um, Dr. Durant doesn't stop. <laughs> so, I mean, he's just always thinking and always being innovative. So, I'm excited to see what we're going to develop, you know, in the near future.
0: I've met him a couple of different times. Never had, like, a real sit-down like you and I have had. I've never pulled, I've never stuck my nose in his business far enough. <laughs> um I know he's a super busy guy. I know he can, uh, he can leg press, like, 800 pounds. Tell us a little bit about Dr. Durant, other than he is always well-dressed.
1: Well, yeah, he's always i gotta step my game up with my suits and stuff don't Um, even bother with him no
0: you me me together nothing to him
1: um you know you if you ever want to see someone who actually really really and i'm gonna say it's it's in the bible so i can say give a damn um about kids this is dr durant like he lives it he breathes it he's taking calls individually from kids he's meeting kids where they are um he's making sure like as many needs are met and he I I don't know how he do it I thought I did a lot but then I saw his schedule and I see how he does it and does it because he wants to not because of the fame not because of the money not because of some type of accolade it's because he knows you know what that feels like as a, a, a a kid, a graduate um from weight, you know, he knows the challenges that these kids go through. Um, and that's why he shows up. So he's he's like kind of their superhero. Yeah. You know? Um, it's so funny because when I'm trying to explain to actually kids and adults what I do like as a school board member, and I go through this whole thing, I'm fifty I oversee fifty-four schools, blah, 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 blah. are like, yeah, I want, wah, want, want. Then I say, well, I'm Dr. Durant's boss. They go, oh, wow, you're cool now. I'm like, well, thanks. Um, I, nah, I'm You're, thank you're you. right.
0: He is a rock star. When I think of him, um, and when I first got here and saw all the things that he did, I, I just thought the people would give TPS a very hard time. But I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? At least this guy is a champion. Yeah. and that's a great way to start so that these kids, when they do get to school, like you said, they can look at him and see a rock star and role model mm-hmm. and go, if he came from there, I, I yes. can push through and do it as well.
1: Our representation matters. And it's just not just one area. Like when you have someone and he's very proud to, to graduate from weight, just every time he will let you know where he comes from. Um and that's it's awesome because now the kids don't feel ashamed, you know, to say that they are TPS graduates or they are from the east side. And that's beautiful. I love that because I'm always proud to be a Flintstone. So I get it, you know,
0: um, when, where was I going with that? Oh, when, when we talk, when we have a lot of these conversations, um, at least in certain uh, settings, it doesn't resonate. We're not talking to the audience of, of parents and aunts and uncles and cousins of, mm-hmm. who you, of who you had described. I aim to carry that message to who is here. Somebody that lives in Springfield mm-hmm. or is in Sylvania or is in West Toledo or is in Maumee. And I, I, not that they don't care. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be a source for that. Yes. So how can those people help?
1: Uh, mentorships, volunteering, you know, um, reading to our kids is one of the biggest ways to you know starting off young right um is one of the ways to introduce them to someone else it's interesting to the relationship but then as you get to the older kids showing up supporting their sports you know uh supporting their basketball you know games some of our kids they don't have anybody in the stands you know that that's really deflating Mm -hmm. um so just showing up to that uh Joining the PTOs, you know, uh, supporting the PTOs. It's so many different levels of interaction, commitments uh, that our youth can benefit from regardless of where you're from in the community. If you're in TPS, if you have kids or don't, um, you know, making sure you show up to board meetings. That was one of the things that I was very amazed about uh, in a a sarcastic way that no one knew about our board meetings. No one shows up unless they're upset. Then they show up. Right. Uh, But how can you hold us accountable to do what we're supposed to be doing for the district if you don't show up? Mm -hmm. And as a parent, I want to hold my board members accountable. So, you know, there's different levels you can do it from volunteering to showing up to participating um if you have a business you know how can you intertwine with our business academy or our other schools to offer things um if you are agency or org how is that where you have resources that we may need for our students and our families um things like that it's a lot of different ways
0: where's a place to get all this on a tps website or something
1: uh, well we're developing and we're re our community you know i think one of the things for me as an organizer is to make sure it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody doesn't live on the internet, surprisingly, right? right. Um, so how can we engage? Is it that a newsletter? So we're really revamping uh, how we communicate with our community about, about needs, resources, and achievements. So stay tuned for that.
0: The amazing thing in here is, and I asked somebody last week and they told me, and I've now forgot so I can ask it again. <laughs> This this sounds like it's your full-time job, and it's not. It's more like a volunteer thing. You have a regular job.
1: Yes, I have a regular job. I am the Director of Inclusion and Access for the Toledo-Lucas County Homelessness Board. Um, board members... Uh, really don't have a set hour. It's like once again, once you pour into it, right? Um, and people are like, oh, well, you're making the big bucks, and I'm like, oh yeah, I am <laughs> rolling in dough. What up to two thousand dollars a year? This is awesome. Is that what the school board pays? Yes, up to two thousand dollars a year. Uh, you roughly get a stipend for every meeting, you know, board meeting. Um, so these people doing it because you know, I know I'm doing it because I want to make a change. Yeah. I know. Well, thank I'm, you. You know, I'm, I'm in the game to hopefully. Be able to fix the things that I struggle with as a you know student, um, and knowing that somebody needs to speak up for it, you know. Uh, but yeah, we make the big bucks, you know. That's why we do it, right? <laughs> That's what they say, anyway.
0: <laughs> now we can do the fun stuff.
1: Yes, uh, yes.
0: What should we? What should we talk about? What kind of fun things? Oh, fun now, things! Now we can. Now we can have the colorful language.
1: Oh, now we can. I don't know if I can do that. Remember, I'm running, so I got to it PG-13. Yeah, yeah. Uh. uh
0: <laughs> so. I'm sorry I missed the ceremony last week. It, it happened when um, when I was on the air here. So how did you get to be president? Did they nominate you? Did you
1: chase it? Oh, you, you chase it. You have to work for it. You're a worker. Um, as vice president, you know, I was sitting in myself to see if I was ready to even become president. Um, you know, entertain a thought here and there. Um, but it wasn't... Um, really like, okay, I'm going to be on the board, I'm going to be vice president, I'm going to be president, I'm going to be Thanos, Like right? It wasn't like that. It was something that I wanted to make sure I was ready for, because I know it's, it's big shoes to fill uh, from our previous presidents and on the board and stuff, and I wanted to make sure that My board, my fellow board members believed in me. Um, So having conversations, entertaining the conversation, you know, one-on-one, like, hey, I'm thinking about this. You know, where can I grow at? Uh, Where are some things that you want me to be better at so I can work on myself? Because if I am not a good president that's going to make the board suffer, make the district suffer. And that's not the thing I wanted to do.
0: What are the, what are your constituents and the board people call you? Do they call you Miss President, Madam uh, President?
1: We're, we're trying to figure it out. Like it Madam President. Your Honor. You know, some people call me your honor. Some people call me mom. Well, besides my kids. I guess it's my kids. Nobody. I'm else. not calling you mom. Nobody. No, really. Oh. And
0: you know, you could say colorful stuff now because this this stuff won't be on the radio. You and say that now. I, I did <laughs> And you can say the colorful stuff because everybody can see your damn tweets. It's the same. I'm good on
1: my. I'm good on my Twitter.
0: Yeah, somebody will always trip us up if it's, you have like, an enemy. Right, they will find it. It's
1: right on the edge. Like I'm really good. Like I've been really. Uh, my campaign manager has beaten into me. <laughs> about not getting in trouble I'm, on social media.
0: I'm just prepared. There's going to be one day and thankfully oh, yeah. I don't make a lot of enemies. Someone will dig up something. Oh, yeah. It'll be, I misworded it. And I, I, whenever I put stuff out, well, 94% of the time when I throw stuff out there, some of the a lot of the filter is, who could half hear this or misconstrue it and mm. talk to my boss?
1: See, I don't even think about that. I think about- You need to. I think about, did I spell that word right? Oh, <laughs> That's what I think of. Like, oh God, is that word spelled wrong? Because uh, uh, you don't want to be a school board member. I mean, I already have—I have bad grammar already. So I don't want to be a school board member with bad grammar and can't spell. That would just be bad for the business, man.
0: I, I'm I'm deeply embarrassed a lot of the time because I, I, of all the things in school, I was good in school with history, but nothing with numbers or science. Mm. I was a damn good speller. Okay. So now when, oh, we talk about mental health and stuff. Mm-hmm. My suicide will be brought on by autocorrect, killing me, murdering me to <laughs> oh, death. Oh my goodness. It's so embarrassing because I, I, the AI in my phone, I'm like, I know I spelled that right. Yeah. And I look at the tweet and I'm like...
1: Yeah. Ah. Well, see here, so, so I'm, I'm going to give a secret. It's not a secret no more, I guess. Um, so I'm dyslexic. So that really trips me up. And so I'll be like, okay, this word looks right. And then it'd be a red line. under. You have an excuse. Yeah, I don't. But you don't get an excuse. When you are openly black queer woman, you don't get an excuse. It's like, well, you should have you should have Googled it. <laughs> it's like I couldn't spell it to put it in Google. So I'm always living in that hope making sure that the word is correct, you know, and making sure everything is somewhat, you know, grammarly-ish, you know. But, yeah, so as far as the – I've, I've toned down – my uh, colorfulness. <laughs>
0: be careful. Be careful. Um, so between the three kids, the school board, mm-hmm. the homelessness stuff, mm-hmm. what, and sitting on Twitter way too much, <laughs> and waking up early. Don't be
1: calling me out about Twitter.
0: Uh, look, it's how we connect. But you're
1: there. But you're there, so you can't call I, me out if you're sitting there, I, too. I have no problem. <laughs>
0: if... I will be on Twitter till it dies. If I didn't do what I did, it would be the only social media that I'm on. Yeah. Because I made some great friendships over the years. I think so. I. It's allowed me to curate the information that I want. It's like my morning newspaper. Okay. Instead of going from site to site to site to site to site. Or
1: you can just watch the news like I do.
0: I don't have time. I hate watching stuff. (laughs) I'd rather read it on Twitter. Yeah, I see. So what? What do you do for fun and in your free time?
1: I watch cartoons. Like what? Uh so uh Amazing World of Gumball, uh Box Burger, uh I watch Ice Road Truckers, which is like out of Europe. It's we have one in Canada, it was really dope. Uh Wicked Tuna. I watch stuff that ain't got nothing to do with advocating wrong stuff and politics.
0: So you shut your brain off. Like I check out low calorie, brainless stuff.
1: Well well, yeah, I eat yeah. high calorie food while right. watching low calorie stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't even want to do the nutrients on that but I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Um, cuz I know a lot of people do this. Like I'm like why do we keep having singing shows? They're like it's totally mindless and I like like shutting it off. Yeah. I like shutting off the day.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. I used get, to get into that but now.
0: No. Uh if you got to take the crew out for food, where are you guys going?
1: Oh, either Wingstop or Pizza. That's the two pizza we're at. It's usually little seizures because we can bring it home. My kids are antisocial, so it's like they don't want to do people, which I understand because that helps me not to do people. I get it. I get it.
0: Yeah. Um, What do you have to yell at the kids most for?
1: Taking the dog out. They won't. It's just like they forget about her. Like after she gets cute and you know and do her thing that they want her to do, like you know a trick or something. Then all of a sudden, yeah, she's just gonna. Use the bathroom in the floor, and it's like, dude, take what, her out. What's her name? Mitzi Boo Barnes. I not
0: That's a ridiculous name.
1: Hey, don't come for my dog now. Like we, we can fight.
0: Does it look like a Mitzi Boo Barnes?
1: It, 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 it's she. She's fluffy. She's fancy. She's dirty right now. She got to go to the groomer, but I 12, mean... 12 pounds, white shaggy fur? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's like the little cute, little irritating, barking dog that just sits on everything. Yeah. I am
0: stereotyping. Yeah. Uh, so, do you guys <laughs> have a yard or do they have to go walk her? No,
1: they have a yard. That's the bad part. All you got to do is open the sliding door, you know?
0: I can feel that and maybe you too because we we had dogs all the time when I was growing up and you, you would have thought my mom asked me to, uh, like, make the moon stop shining <laughs> Uh, do I have to go down and let the dogs out I just did that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I remember them days it was it's funny because like every now i'm I'm always calling my mom and I was calling my dad when uh my parents when they' when he was alive as well but I would call him like you know I'm so sorry yeah i was I was a butthead about that you know or yeah I could have fill the juice back up my bad right. or so now I'm living what I did to my parents so yeah
0: how how <laughs> how often do you go back to Flint
1: um well I was going very uh rapidly during the water crisis because we did a couple water drives here from Toledo to Flint um and then after COVID hit you know we kind of just slowed it down and so we haven't really been back since then And, you know I see my mom every now and then but uh we try to make sure that you know people are safe we don't want to keep intertwining germs and covid and whatever else is going on so you know not too not too often since covid